Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, Thou art welcome Lord, in, in thy presence there's healing divine. No other power can save, Lord, like thine. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Omnipotent Father, of mercy and grace, thou welcome in this place. God grant it today. Revive us again. Stand and sing it. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, Thou art welcoming. Let's welcome Him here today. Sing it out today. Holy Spirit, Thou art well. Just lift him up today as you sing it. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Omnipotent Father of mercy. Second verse, second verse. 
thou art second come in this place God grant it this morning Revive us again, Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, Thou art welcome in this place. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. You may be seated. I want to thank the praise team. They stay late on Wednesday night. They come early on Sunday morning. Some of them stay here about all day Friday. And they just have blessed me this morning with this singing. Every song that was sung, every selection that was made, my heart has been rejoicing. And I thank God for those that have provided that. Amen. I want to thank you for coming this morning. I'd like to say that last Wednesday I spent uh, most all the day at, at the uh, hospital and my wife and I walked into the doctor's office, Dr. Harrison's office, late Wednesday afternoon, almost evening. And he looked at me after going over all of my tests and said, I have good news for you. And I got a very, very good report. No more chemotherapy. Would you praise God? Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for your prayers. And my hair should grow back. And I should be able to get rid of this hat. Amen. But thank you so very much. Would you turn your Bibles with us to St. Mark chapter 10. St. Mark chapter 10. If you do not have an outline of the sermon, please raise your hand and we will make sure we want everyone to have an outline. By the way, we have a Bible study going on through the week and they're going to be using some of them, this, this outline for... Uh, uh, for their study. So just keep the outline and you may want to run across it again sometime during the week. Uh, St. Mark chapter 10, beginning with verse 46, one of the most familiar stories in the entire Bible. As we read, now they came to Jericho. As they went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. 
And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise. He is calling for you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What? Do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Father, thank you for this scripture. Thank you for this wonderful story. Thank you for the principles and what it teaches us today about your love, about your kindness, about your grace, and about your power. Bless our ears to hear, our hearts to receive. In Christ's name we pray, amen, amen. This is recorded in three different places, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. If you would read it in some of the places, here it says they were going out of Jericho and Mark and Luke, it says they were going into Jericho. Someone says, Aha! The Bible contradicts itself. No matter how hard they try to prove that, they can't. At that time, there was an old Jericho and there was a new Jericho. So he was actually going out of one and going into the other. Makes perfect sense. God's holy word is inerrant from cover. To cover. As one man said, I like it from cover to cover. I like what's written on the cover. It's God's holy word. Mark records this as the last miracle of Jesus before the cross. Notice your outline. This is one of the most familiar Bible incidents. Bartimaeus, a blind man seeking help from Jesus, would, be, would not be silenced. And number four. The Lord Jesus still hears and responds to real need with an immediate and with a powerful word. Aren't you glad for that? Just didn't happen in biblical times. It just didn't happen years ago. Just didn't happen in the late 40s and early 50s. It happens today. God still hears and answers prayer. Miracles are still being Form. I want you to notice, first of all, his condition. First of all, he was sightless. He could not see. Someone said he was born blind. I don't know that, and I don't know that we know that. I think in some incidents it almost says it the other way, but it doesn't matter. This man could not see. Not only was he sightless, not only was he blind, but he was a pauper. You and I know of people that are poor. He was poor. He was not only blind, he was not only a pauper, he was a beggar. He was begging alms, he was begging the people that passed him by. Someone said that there was a note that was found in Martin Luther's uh, pants when he died, and the note read this way, we are beggars, every one of us. 
when it comes to spiritual speaking, spiritually speaking, all of us certainly are beggars and we need to know Jesus Christ. We need to be enriched by his love, enriched by his grace. As, Mar as, as the songwriter says, oh wretched man that I am. Not only was he a beggar, he was helpless. And often you and I feel helpless when the doctor comes and gives you a report. Sometimes we feel like, hey, I'm just absolutely, totally helpless. It's out of my hands. I was visiting a couple yesterday, and they, were they remarked to me and told me how helpless they felt and how you come to your wits end at times. And there's not been a time that maybe all of us at times have not felt helpless. He was friendless, but he was hopeless. Jesus Christ is hope for every man. Amen? Aren't you glad that we have hope? And we have hope beyond ourselves. We have hope beyond the bank. We have hope beyond doctors. We have hope beyond our friends. We have hope, certainly, in Jesus Christ. Not only that, but he was unpopular. They tried to hush him up. This man was in bad shape. This man needed help. Bartimaeus needed help. But I want you to notice as we go through these, because I think it is very, very important. The principles that we receive from this. And at the end, we find a, a, a reading by Joel Gentry that just sums this all up. And I hope that you and I, as most of us are believers, maybe all of us are, can glean from this and receive principles that we certainly need today. First of all, he developed a holy dissatisfaction. Maybe all of us this morning are satisfied. I believe that's one reason why the West, America and, 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 and the Western world, don't receive any more than they receive because we're satisfied. What do we need? What do we need from God? Every need is met. And sometimes we say, well, I want this or I want that or I need this. When you go to foreign countries like some of us have been and you see the, 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 the hunger, when you see those begging, when you see the lepers by, the, by the, the roadside begging and you see people that are so hungry, people that will walk, listen to me, people that will walk mile after mile, day after day just to get the one service. People that will walk and get there two hours early and fill up the place because they're so hungry. They're so needful. But we have transportation. We have a beautiful, beautiful place to come to. But this man certainly, he developed a dissatisfaction because he had a great need. He was on the alert to better his condition. The Bible says he heard. He heard about Jesus. Somebody told him, this is Jesus of Nazareth. This is, this, is a, this is him that's coming by that you've heard of. He performs miracles and he sought information. He asked. A lot of times we don't receive because we're not interested enough. How about this sermon today? How about what God has for us today? How about his word? How about when it speaks to us? Are we concerned enough? Do we recognize that we have 
such a need? Are we dissatisfied with our, our condition and our walk with God? Or we said, hey, Lord, I want more. Let me ask. Listen, I've got a question. And Bartimaeus began to ask. He began to ask his Lord uh, about something that he needed. Second of all, he declared his desire. He had a need. Not only he began to ask for help, he asked it with energy. Well, Lord, would you help me today? Would you pray for me today? No, we need to get excited about realizing that God has the answer to our needs. God can meet our needs today. We need to ask with energy. He began to ask. His cry was a personal and a direct cry. He wasn't just praying out to the wind. He wasn't just praying any old prayer. He said, I need help. How many of us today will say, well, you know, brother so-and-so, boy, he sure does need help. Sister so-and-so, I'm going to pray for her. How about us? I need help. And this is what Bartimaeus did. He personalized it. He began to cry out for help. Not only did he develop a holy dissatisfaction, not only did he declare his desire, look at number three. He began to drown out his discouragers. I love this, what someone said. There is never a knock at heaven's gate, but it sounds through hell. Because they started saying, keep your mouth shut. They started to quieten him down. Don't say anything. Be quiet. And no matter where you are in your walk with God, no matter what your need might be, when you start crying out to God, when you get desperate with God, when you cry out with energy and enthusiasm and say, God, I need your help today, the devil is going to try to stop you from saying anything. Well, I don't, I know I need to go to the altar, but I'll just sit here today. I don't feel like going. No matter what, will keep you from seeking God, that's going to be a tactic of the enemy to keep you from receiving. Because just as sure as there's a God in heaven, this man not only felt like he had a need, he began to act. And there is no way we're going to receive from God until you and I begin to act on what we believe. He began to drown out his discouragers. He was not easily offended. Well, she hurt my feelings. Or he hurt my feelings, so I'm not going to go back to church. He hurt my feelings, so I'm not going to say anything. Listen, don't be so easily offended. You can't say anything anymore today unless somebody gets offended. If you say something, you know, well, you're this or you're that and the other. Don't be so easily offended. He was not easily offended. He was persistent. How long has it been since you and I had a need? And we said, I am going to get it. I'm going to go after it. This man had a need and he exhibited determination. 
I, I say this in, in my heart, and sometimes I say it out loud. There's not a person here today that has a need that if you begin to express it, if you begin to ask for it, and if you go after it, you will get it. Go after it with determination. Go after it and, and, and be persistent in your coming to the Lord. Ask and you shall receive. If you read that in the original translation, it says ask, keep on asking. Ask. God wants us to go after it. So he drowned out his discouragers. Since you've come in this building today, there are going to be discouragers. Uh, too cold. It's too hot. So-and-so's not here. Uh, all kind of excuses. The devil will just offer them up to you. You know, well, I don't know today. The service is not going like I want it to. Listen, we need to get excited about being in church and say, Lord, I'm here for you to give me something. I'm asking. I need something. Probably there's not a one of us that don't need something from God. But we got to make it known. We got to seek after Him, we've got to knock. And we've got to keep on asking. He drowned out his discouragers, but he discovered his encouragers. There's going to be people around you, brothers and sisters in, in, in the Lord, and they're going to say, go for it. They're going to cheer you on. You can make it. You can make it. That's why they have cheerleaders at ball games and cheer the crowd up to get them excited about it. He drowned out his discouragers. And he discovered his encouragers. Jesus stopped. They said keep quiet, but Jesus stopped. Notice what happens. He said be of good courage. Be of good courage. And if you, if you read this all the way through, and you'll find out now when we get to it, later on his discouragers were converted. Those very people that said you cannot make it. Those very people that says you can't receive. Those very people that said you're not fit for it. Uh, your discouragers will be converted. And that's something. Converted your, converting your discouragers. This man meant to receive something from God. Not only should we develop a holy dissatisfaction. Not only should we declare our desire. Here's what I need. No, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm just keep my arms and hands just folded, and I'll go in and I'll just sit there, and 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 I'll just go and pray. And now lay me down to sleep, prayer, and I'll just no. Let's get serious about serving God. Let's get excited about serving God. Let's have faith that God will answer our prayer. Go after it. Go after it with determination. Go after it with promptness. Jesus said. Come here. And the Bible says in verse 50, look at it. He rose up. He would not let anything stand in his way from getting to Jesus. Now, the Lord's here today to answer our prayers. The Lord's here today to save you. The Lord's here today to heal you. The Lord's here today to lift you up. The Lord's here today to give you hope where there's hopelessness. The Lord's here today to bless your home and your family. I'll tell you what, the devil will try his best to discourage you and keep you exactly where you are. And you'll stay where you are until you be like Bartimaeus and say, no more. I'm not going to be quiet anymore. 
I'm not going to sit any longer. Jesus stopped and said, bring him here. Come here, Bartimaeus. You know, he could have said, you know what? These are hateful people here. They don't care that I'm blind. They don't care that I'm begging. Here this man's calling me. Don't he see I'm blind? Why don't he come to me? He's asking me to come to him. Why don't he come to me? You know, he could have had all kinds of excuses, and you the very same way. Every one of us could say, well, Lord, if you really love me, you'd do this. Lord, if you really cared, I know this would happen. Or if she really did. No, stop using excuses. Now, we need to stop using excuses. Stop giving in to your feelings. That man said, okay, he's calling me. He had on a, a type of garment. He took it off and he threw it aside. Someone said it was a very probably expensive thing that he had on, even though he was a beggar. And he took it off and threw it aside. You know what the devil could have said? He may have thought of this. Well, you know, if I throw this down, somebody is going to steal it from me. When I get back, it's going to be gone. He didn't care. He was not listening to anything. He threw aside every hindrance. What hinders you from receiving from God this morning? If we don't do something to express our desire and our need, if we don't do something, if there's not some kind of action, we'll come in those doors and go out the very same way we left. Oh, we can hear a good sermon. Oh, we can hear good music and we can sing some songs, but I want God to do something for me supernatural. I want something in my life to be transformed. I want God to touch me because i got to face a world out there tomorrow and I know one thing, I'm going to need his power and I'm going to go after it. And I'm not going to let any, he would not let, he threw aside, he rose up, he acted with humility and respect, he acted in faith. Have you got faith? Well, I've prayed about this so many times. Nothing's happened. And we just lose heart. We lose faith. Maybe the reason we lose faith is because we don't stay in God's word and on our knees enough. But you don't know what I face, Pastor. Well, probably all of us face something. And we need to exercise our faith. And Bartimaeus exercised his faith. He rose up. He went to where he was. He acted upon Jesus' word. Jesus said, receive your sight. There's not one thing that one of us has today that we can't receive from God if we'll simply act in faith. If we'll go after it. If we'll be prompt, show energy, cry out to God. Be quiet. Devil tell you to be quiet. Don't sing that loud. Don't pray that loud. Don't you dare go to the altar. Don't, you, don't expose yourself. People's going to think you're backslid if you go to the altar. Don't listen to the devil. Don't listen to nothing he's got to say. And every bit of that stuff is hatched in hell. There's not one knock at heaven's door that it first of all don't go through hell because the devil don't want you to receive from God. Mm. He don't want you to receive. 
He developed a holy dissatisfaction, declared his desire. He drowned out his discouragers. He discovered his encouragers. He decided to act. He discarded every hindrances. And number seven, he was determined to commit. Did you know half the people now live together not married? You know why? They don't want to commit. We have a non-committal culture today. I'm not going to commit. I'm not going to commit to church. I'm not going to commit to this. I'm not going to commit to marriage. I'm glad that over 55 years ago, I committed to one woman. Hallelujah. And it's been a wonderful, wonderful relationship. Well, I want to see how it works out. Well, usually it just don't work out that way. Commit. Commit to a church. Commit to, to, to serving God. Commit to doing something for God. He was willing to commit. Notice my c conclusion. Read it with me. Look at it. Look at it. Jesus asked Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus Christ meets you at the point of your actual need. If you sit there, don't express it, don't say anything about it, don't pray. That's what prayer is all about. It's to ask God. I don't think we should start out asking God, well, I come to you today, Lord. No, start out honoring him. Start out praising him. And then come and say, Lord, I need this. I need this. Let me say it again. Jesus Christ meets us at our point of actual need. If you don't express the need, you're not going to get your need supplied. The reason so many people were blessed years ago, back in the 40s and 50s, we had piles of crutches, piles, not, not my ministry, but certain men had piles of crutches, wheelchairs. People were healed, tremendously healed, because they went. They went there early. They got in line. They stayed there for hours. We got to get out by 12 o'clock, or God, if you don't move by 12, I'm out of here. I, 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 I'm not going to keep you long. I'm not trying to. I'm just telling you. We need to say, God, I come with my lunch pack. I come with my clothes pack. I'm going to be here. I'm not coming to leaving. Most people come to the Lord to leaving. They'll pray coming and leaving. They'll go to church coming and leaving. It's time for them to say, Lord, I'm here until something happens in my life. I'm determined. I'm determined. Notice, he does not, I mean, he does this by making you face and articulate your need. I believe we're living in a time when very few people will face their problem. It's always someone else's problem. It's always the environment that I was raised in. It's always an excuse. It's my husband's fault. It's my wife's fault. It's the preacher's fault. It's Donald Trump's fault. It's, it's who's ever fault. It's somebody else's fault. It's time that we face up and say, Lord, I've got a problem. It's my fault. And I'm going to get it right before you. I'm going to kneel before you. And I'm going to cry. The Bible, it's time for us to face it. We can blame it on any and everything else. But until we face it, until we face it, 
You can't be in the ministry long until people get against you. Until preachers are against you. Until people get hardened to you. I've had so many people to walk away from this church. And they're angry at the pastor because he did this or he didn't do that. He, he, you know, they're just angry at the pastor. As I said, it's so easy to get up. There's people not here this morning because they were offended. Are we going to let the devil get us offended and not receive something from God? Are we going to let that brother or that sister, what they did or what they said, keep us from church and keep us from receiving something from God? You say, well, the Lord will bless me out of church. He'll bless me. He won't if you're supposed to be in church. Well, he'll bless me at another church. He won't if you're supposed to be at that church. Oh, God, I just hit a... Ooh-wee. I didn't quit preaching and going to meddling. But I mean, it's, it's important. Stop using excuses. This... Man had to face, he's, I'm blind. If we have a need, see Lord. The blind man had to say that I might receive my sight. Why in the world would Jesus ask Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus, you're not that, that naive, are you? He's blind. Jesus wasn't asking him what he needed because he didn't know what he needed. He wanted him to admit his need. And when he admitted his need, then his need is going to be met by the power of God. And a lot of people, Christians, are going to allow stubbornness to keep them from receiving the best blessing in the world. But for the last several months, I've been calling people that left the church. I've been visiting people that left the church. You say, what'd you do, get them straightened out? No. I got myself straightened out before I went, and I went in love. And I don't mean I'm going to everybody. I couldn't. I'd be going the rest of my life going somewhere. But I try to follow the Lord, and I, I go in love, and I go in tenderness, no matter what they've done. No matter what they've said. No matter how they treated me. And you know what? God gives me the grace to say, I, I love you. I've been in some homes lately. I've got that on my knees and hands and wept and cried in the room with them. And I've prayed. He said, oh, you're just putting on an act. No, I'm not. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. What I do is between me and God and my spirit better be right and I better love that person no matter what they choose to do is between them and God. Right. Let me tell you what it does. It has a freeing mechanism in it. It frees you. Wow. It feels like... You get loud, uh, lighter and lighter and freer and freer. And I just, you know, I choose. You can choose to forgive someone and stop harboring and letting bitterness come between you and that person. Boy, it sure is quiet in here today when I say certain things. But how many of you know it's the truth? Get over it. Time's too short to let things come between us. Husbands and wives, they allow things to build up and build up and, 
and they walk around the house and they won't even speak to each other or they'll throw things. What's wrong? Nothing. Get it right. Get rid of the pride. Boy, I have had to bury a lot of male chauvinism. Bury it. I've had to deal with it a lot with my wife. If you've got a wife as smart as mine, you deal with that male chauvinistic way. You get rid of that stuff, or else you'll be always under it. And she can do this better than I can. She can do that better than I can. Well, look what she did. Well, the kids called her and didn't call me. On and on and on and on. Get rid of all of that stuff. It doesn't make any difference. What I want is a relationship with God. And I'm not going to let what someone did 10 years ago be in my spirit and bitterness. I'm going to forgive them first. And if can, I'm going to go to them. And when I, listen, when I come to my last breath, I'll tell you what, I want to stand before God knowing that there's nothing between he and I. And I've made restitutions as much as I could. Bartimaeus didn't get angry at these people. I don't think he did. He said, go ahead and do. You holler all you want to. I'm going to holler over you. Devil, you raise your voice. I'm going to be several octanes over you or whatever over you. You shout loud. I'm going to shout louder. You fight harder. I'm going to pray longer. You put that spirit of depression on me. I'm going to pray until God lifts it off. It's good preaching, brother. We have to own what we are before we can disown what we are. Own it. Well, I blame my mom. I blame my dad. I blame somebody else for what they did. Maybe you were mistreated years ago. Maybe you were abused years ago. And then the devil will, he'll keep you bound up with that. While that person is going on with life and may have gotten things right and yet we'll let it harbor there, stay there until bitterness makes us, makes us just, it just destroys our lives. Let me say it again. We have to own what we are before we can disown what we are. After we articulate, we must act. There was a moment when the man had to stand he had to walk and act on the fact that he could now see. When we started reading this scripture, the Bible says he was sitting by the road. If you read it in Luke, it says that he followed Jesus down the road. Now I'm going to ask you an important question today. Do you want to keep sitting by the road or do you want to walk down the road? Do you want to keep sitting and nourishing all that stuff? Or do you want to stand up and run? In fact, it says in, in Luke 18.43, the Amplified says, Immediately he regained his sight and began, to, began following Jesus, glorifying and praising and honoring God. And all the people, when they saw it, praised God. You keep sitting there harboring stuff. Keep letting the devil just pile it on and pile it on. He'll agree with you all day long. 
He'll just pat you on the back and say, oh, you pitiful little, you know, you get this little pity party. Well, it's to me, and I'm going to go out and by myself and call somebody and, and, and eat with them. Pay for their meal. But let them pay for yours then if you don't want to pay for it. No, I believe in, listen, I think we need to get out of this, this shell that we're in. We go to church, we can't move. We, oh, I don't know. I might go to the altar. I, hope she, I wish she'd quit giving the altar call. I hope as long as I'm pastoring, we never stop giving the altar call. Because the altar is a good place to go in. You can get received at the back just like you can at the front. But there's something we need to do. Express it some way. The woman with the issue of blood, the woman with the issue of blood, she says, I need to be healed. Brother Matt, I need to be healed. The Bible said she tried this doctor. She tried this doctor. Listen at me. She tried this doctor. And the Bible says she didn't have Medicare nor Medicaid. She spent all that she had. The only one she could turn to was this man named Jesus. And there was a tremendous crowd that followed him. And can you, can you imagine... This woman with an issue of blood, she had lost a lot of blood. I imagine she felt like, perhaps I did, after my six treatments of chemo on that fourth and fifth day, you're so weak, you, you look for a chair or a bed, just, just, oh God, I'm so weak. And then you walk, just walking up the four steps of my house, I said, oh God. I imagine she felt so weak. But she pressed through here. She pressed through there. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, glory be. That's faith. That's faith. Part of me has exercised faith. He said, but Brother Don, you're talking about me moving, saying something, praying out, moving and, and acting with energy. I don't have to do all those things. No, you don't. If you couldn't speak, you wouldn't have to speak a word. If you couldn't walk, you wouldn't have to walk anywhere. But God expects us to do something. Do something. Oh, God. Oh, God. I stood in Duke Hospital and turned from the doctor and from my wife, and I put my hands on the wall and the window. And I looked out the window. The doctor just told me I had four stage of cancer. And he had all these pictures on the wall, and this picture, this picture. And you know what the devil had told me? I know it was the devil because it's negative and bad. God don't tell you something positive and good. He told me if, 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 if the doctor told you that you had cancer, that you would never know another free moment. Can I report to you today, and I lie not, I would not lie. For the last several months, I've been the freest I've ever been in my life. Circumstances, does, do, it does not have to control your life. 
Bad reports does not have to control your life. People do not have to control your life. God wants you to be free. There's a little song. I don't know. I'm sorry. Let me sing this and then they'll sing. Come up here and help me. Uh, I'm free. I'm free. And, and please don't leave. Don't go anywhere. These folks can kick me later. You can talk about me over the dinner table when you go eat chicken. Thank, no, they're some of the most understanding people in the world. Here's a little song. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. So free. I'm rejoicing because I'm not what I was. Thanks to Calvary's tree. Most of you know it. Sing it with me. Are you free today? Sing it out. I'm free. I'm free. I'm I am the Spirit and the Spirit in me. I'm rejoicing because I am not I'm not what I was thanks to Cal Stand and sing it with me. If you're not free, sing it in faith. Sing it in faith. Sing it out. I'm free. So free. I am the Spirit. The Spirit. You say, Brother Don, what were you? You're rejoicing because you're not what you were. What were you? Let me tell you spiritually what I was. I was silent. I was a pauper. I was a beggar. I was helpless. I was friendless. I was hopeless. I was terribly unpopular. I want you to know something. Jesus Christ can take all of those and do away with them and make you free. One more time, Brother Denny. I'm free. Sing it out. I'm free.
pray with me with heads bowed. Father, Bartimaeus didn't need a, need a megaphone. He didn't need a microphone to be loud. He just simply opened his mouth and began to cry out. He cried out with promptness. He cried out with energy. He cried out with humility. He cried out with surrender. And he got his needs applied. God, the same, the same Jesus that was leaving Jericho that day is here at Bethel, 3518 Rose of Sharon Road today. I pray for every need in this place today. God, I sense that there's so many needs standing and sitting in this church this morning. And I see so many hungry hearts, so many, dear God, I believe that are reaching out to you. I pray your blessings upon each one. Should there be one man, one woman, one young person that is unsaved, save them, Lord. Draw them with the cords of love and the great cords of grace. Touch every heart, every yearning, yearning, seeking heart today. Touch them. In Christ's name we pray. The Holy Spirit is here. Would you come in? We've got a few minutes. Come and stand with us. I'm free. So free. Sing it out. I am the Spirit. I'm rejoicing because There was a time I had my act together. There was a time when I was saved, as we used to say years ago, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. There was a time I made my sweetheart. We'd known each other ever since she was 12, 13 years old when I married her. I was saved and all of a sudden, we have a ministry. I travel from, I travel all over the country. I, I held revivals. I just, I just really had my act together. I was saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, passing the church. The church was busting at the seams. The church was busting at the seams. Listen at me. The church was busting at the seams. And uh, I, uh, Carol became pregnant and Felicia comes along and Neil comes along and they both get saved very young, very young. And uh, they uh, were in church. In fact, I had a television program for three and a half years and I was a star. I was good looking, had black hair. 
I'm just I'm stretching it now. But no, I was on television for three and a half years. I was on radio every, every week. And Carol and I were saved. Our kids were saved. And when people would tell about their children, I'd say, well, and back in the back of my mind about their children being on drugs or whatever, I would just say, well, maybe if they'd raised them different. When Neil got into junior high, he got into drugs. He got into drugs bad. Now, I've asked Neil. He's not here today. He's a little under the weather. I've asked Neil, could I tell this? And he said, Daddy, yes, you can tell it. We went to his bedroom. We, we, we didn't know it. The parents were the last ones to find it out. We both went. We found the drugs in his drawer in the, bed, in the bedroom. Listen at me. Listen at me. And... Uh, we, uh, we, we discovered he was on drugs. And uh, so I didn't want anybody to know. I thought, I can't tell anybody. I'm not going to tell anybody that my son's on drugs. I, I, I'm spick and span. I mean, I'm clean. I'm, I've, I've served God all my life. My wife and I, we, all of these pluses. And I wouldn't tell anybody. I wouldn't tell anybody. And the Lord shook me. You see, we don't want people to know who we are. It's too ugly. It's, it's too dark. It's too black. It, it, it's a negative. And, and we think we've got all of our act together. And we really don't. None of us have it all together. Yes, I was judging other couples and families that had kids on drugs. I was judging them. Well, I learned real quick to stop. God kicked me in the seat of the pants and said, let me tell you, you know better than they are. Now, he didn't say it just like that, but I'm just saying the way. And I wouldn't tell anybody, but I was in, I was in Douglasville, Georgia, and we were in a regional. There was two ladies sitting next to me, and I, I said, God, I'm, I'm burdened so hard. I'm hurting. My son's on drugs. Listen, I'd stay up at 12 and 1 o'clock. We lived on Talcott. And I'd go to this window and that window and he wouldn't come home. And I would cry and I would pray. But I couldn't tell nobody. I was living, Carol and I were living in our own little world. We looked so fine. Television, radio, church going, oh boy. But I sat next to these two ladies and I said, they said, let's pray. I reached over to them. I said, I want to tell y'all something. My son's on drugs and I'm so hurt. I was so hurt that Carol and I, we went to country to a, rest, to a restaurant up in the mountains and we were sitting there eating and I was so hurt that I it out. I just started bawling audibly right in that restaurant and I had to be taken out. I just, I was hurting. Folks, God knows when you're hurting. Let him know about it. Get someone to pray with you. Stop being so prideful. Now, I didn't go out and broadcast it. I didn't go tell everybody about it. I was outside of Washington, D.C., and I knelt in a church there, a big church, and I went down to pray, and I was so hurt. And there was a pastor. He's dead now. He came up, knelt next to me, put his arm around me. 
He didn't say, well, I'm not going to pray for this guy. He's got his act together. He's been saved since he was nine. His wife's been saved since she was five. And they got two children singing and speaking in tongues at five. Our son was speaking in tongues at five years old. But I told him. And he prayed with me. And I began to tell it. Not broadcast it, but tell it. I began to share it. And I learned one of the greatest secrets in the world is to have a prayer partner. Get out of your shell. Stop being so closed in. Stop staying out of church. We never stop church. You said, oh, you were the pastor. That's one reason to stop church. <laughs> I mean, you know, you get so discouraged, you just want to say, God, I just, Monday, I'm resigning. No, you don't do that. You go to church. You get with brothers and sisters. You get them to pray and you be honest and open. And Bartimaeus was honest. I'm so sorry for taking up. No, I'm not. I, 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 you got to get honest. Brother, brother Matt, sing your song and then I'll shut up and we'll pray. And I just feel like God has met so many needs here today. Let's sing, if you will. Bear with me just another couple of minutes. Bow your heads. Let's receive from God now. Come on. You know what you need from the Lord. I believe some of us has made up our mind, I'm not any longer going to be bound. I'm not going to give in to this spirit that has said nothing. Don't do anything. Don't do that. Don't go forward. Don't speak out. I'm not saying get on the telephone and broadcast everything. I'm not saying that. Get with a good brother or sister, a good spiritual friend, and tell them, here's where I'm hurting. The Bible says, bear ye one another's burdens. But you can't bear a burden that you don't know about. See in grace, thou art welcome. Sing it out one more time. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome. Holy Spirit. Father, we're so thankful, Lord, that you have touched us here today. We're so thankful that you've moved in our lives here today. And we thank you because we recognize this great truth that Bartimaeus would not let his discouragers stop him from crying out. And Lord, there are many discouragers. There are many spirits that will come our way. Hell will belch forth every excuse in the world. But God, we refuse to give in to it. We refuse to not let our need be known. And we believe it today. And we pray it today. And we ask it in Jesus' name that you would touch every home, every life, every need. In Christ's name.